Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money off of my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor because it is so easy to use on the go. I can pull up the app on my phone, record a podcast, add some music, add my intro, add my outro, and edit all on the fly. So there's no need to sit by a laptop all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast, boo. Welcome to The Charging Station with Tracy Massey, certified life coach, passionate author, and speaker from Living My Empowered Life. She's on a mission to help women just like you achieve your goals and break through any barriers holding you back from living the life you deserve. If you're ready to slay life without apology, you've come to the right place. Here she is now, your host, Tracy Massey. Hey, 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 what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Charging Station Podcast. It's your girl, Tracy Massey of Living My Empowered Life. Come on in and tap that hand sanitizer, have a seat. But before you have a seat, I want to welcome all of our new listeners. This is your first time joining joining us. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Couchy Couch. If you are a returning listener, hey, boo, you know I love me some you. Thank you for lending me your ear for these few moments. Everybody, I need you to do me a big old, big old favor. If you are listening on iTunes, on good old Apple, can you please do me a favor and leave a review? Make sure you rate and make sure you subscribe. Also subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss an episode, okay? Now that we got that out of the way, Grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab your water, grab your wine, whatever your beverage of choice is, sis, grab that thing and let's have a seat on the couchy couch. So if you listened to the last episode, we talked about grief boundaries and I mentioned maybe the next episode will be about things you should not say to someone who's grieving. So I put my pen to paper and just started writing some of the things that was said to me <laughs> when my daughter passed away. And I was just like, I know, I know I'm not the only one that has had something crazy said to them. And, you know, people mean well, but uh, uh, sometimes they don't. And some sometimes people can get out of pocket. So I don't want you to be one of those people that's out of pocket or meaning well. And then, you know, 
suddenly tasting um, your foot in your mouth. So here we go. Let's talk about these things that you should maybe should not say to someone who's grieving. Number one, and this is my ultimate pet peeve, baby girl, bruh. Whatever you do, please, for all that is good and holy and perfect from the Lord above, do not ask, how did they die? What happened? Or any derivative of this question. It is so insensitive. It is so triggering. And frankly, it just may not be any of your business. What are you going to do with that information? Like, what is it going to change knowing how someone passed away? Now, I said in the last episode, if some, if the person grieving feels like sharing, let them share. But don't let the words come out of your mouth by asking them what happened, please. Okay? This question, these questions may seem harmless, but in reality, it's very invasive. And you can actually be pouring salt into a wound that is trying to heal. You know, and the person grieving may not say that they feel that way. But you may run up on that one, <laughs> that wheel, and then you get your feelings hurt. So please just be mindful, okay? I know we, we get curious a lot of times, but it's really none of your business, all right? It's like asking somebody how much money they make a year like if you're not if you're not gonna be bold enough to ask somebody that in face to face don't ask people how somebody died okay in the year 2021 the year of our lord and savior jesus christ let's scratch this this question from our vocabulary okay number two please try to refrain from saying it gets better or it it gets worse. Now, I have been guilty of saying it gets better because I come from a place of healed and I have to constantly remind myself that everyone is not in my place. I am a living example that it does get better, but who really wants to hear that when their heart has just been shattered? So, Forgive me for being insensitive. Now, saying this, though, it is about timing and it's not something that you want to say immediately after someone passes, because when you're in the midst of grief, you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel. 99.9% of the time, you won't. So... We have to remember that every person grieves in their own way and on their own timeline. So their better may be a month from now or maybe a year from now. It just depends on the person. So let the person know instead that you will be there for them no matter what, whether it gets better or it gets worse. But please don't say you're going to be there for them and don't actually mean it. And being there for a person, follow their lead. Like they just may want you there as a shoulder to cry on or someone to keep them company at their lonely times. You know, the best thing to do for someone who's grieving is to follow their lead. 
people will tell you what they need in so many different ways, whether it be verbal or whether it be something um, nonverbal. So just watch out for a little cues, like especially if you're close with somebody, you know, like their idiosyncrasies, you know, the things that make them happy, just kind of follow their lead. Number four, child. Okay. This is for all my saved, sanctified. I said sanctified. Sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, five baptized people in the church. Please, please, if you could, please refrain from saying they're in a better place. Child, how you know? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I know that sounds so comforting, but how do you know that where they went? How do you know? So, prime example, when my mom passed away, I had so many people say, oh, well, she's in a better place. And people tend to say this more so when someone is sick. So, my mom was sick. And um, when she passed away, it was like, oh, she's in a better place. Well, here I was torn up inside because I didn't know where my mama ended up. So I'm a Christian and I believe that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. I didn't know where my mama ended up because my mama never went to church. I never saw my mom go to church. I never saw my mom pray. I never saw my mom even mention Jesus. I saw my mom maybe say grace twice that I remember. So not being in church and then having church folk tell you she's in a better place or, you know, how church folks say, you know, if you don't do this, this um, checklist of things, you know, you're not going to go to heaven. I was totally confused and my heart was broken because I didn't know if my mama was with Jesus or if she needed um, some air conditioning. So the grieving person most definitely wants their loved one with them. So saying this person is in a better place, uh, we always want our person with us. They may be in a better place, but how is that going to, you know, make me feel better in this moment? Another example is when my daughter died, I was angry at the fact that she left me on this ghetto planet like baby girl how dare you leave me to deal with all this mess especially now i'm so in a now that i'm in this place i'm so glad that she's not here for all this foolery you know but at the time you telling me that my baby girl was in a better place she hadn't even started to live her life she was 13 we didn't get to do a lot of things because her life was shortened. So telling me that my baby girl was in a better place, you're going to get a different response now than what you would have gotten 15 years ago. I wanted her with me. I wanted the opportunity to watch her grow up. I wanted to see her graduate from high school. I wanted to have a whole fight with her about going to prom because baby girl really didn't do dresses. <laughs> But I wanted to have um, the opportunity to drop her off at college, see her get her first job, you know, be uh, embarrassed by me cheering her on because I'm that parent. 
So saying saying she's in a better place 15 years ago, that just might get you cussed out. I ain't, uh, you know, I'm just saying. But saying that to me now, it means something totally different because I'm in a healed space. I know she's in a better place. And I'm glad she's not here on this ghetto planet having to deal with all of this stuff and seeing all of these things. Like I will probably be worried out of my mind because she's having to deal with all of this stuff but I digress so just be mindful of saying that you know it's it's all tact and timing number four saying I understand okay here's the caveat with this one if you've never experienced their type of loss you don't understand You don't understand what it feels like to lose a child if you've never lost one. You don't understand what it's like to lose a parent if you've never lost one. Granted, death is death and grief is grief. But how someone grieves again is totally different from person to person. Even though I understand what it it feels like to lose a child to lose a parent, to have a miscarriage. Like I've I've been through a lot of grief. There's not there's not too much loss that I haven't experienced. I understand, but I can't step into the shoes of the person that's experiencing the same thing that I experienced because we're going to process it differently. So please don't say I understand when you really don't. Number five, what do you need? Let me tell y'all something. When you experience a loss, especially when it's a sudden loss, you have no idea what you need. You go into this fog that is unexplainable. Sometimes you feel like I personally have felt physical pain. Um, with certain losses. I had no idea what I needed. And when someone asked me that question, especially when my daughter died, I remember saying to someone, I need my daughter. No one can give me that back. People are going to need basic things. They're going to need support. They're going to need food. They're going to need water. Um, They may need help around the house, but asking someone what they need, that may not be a good question to ask. So refrain from that if you can. (laughs) Who, here's another one. This is for my church folk again. There is a reason for everything. Number six, there's a reason for everything. Child, listen, listen. If you can't tell me what the reason is, don't say this to me because I'm very analytical and I'm like, if you're going to tell me that there's a reason, I want to know the reason. Like, what's the reason? What's the, what's the reason? I know because I'm a woman of faith. I know God has a purpose and a plan for everything, but right now I don't understand this and I don't like it. <laughs> so please refrain from saying there's a reason for everything because if you can't explain it then you know the person that's grieving is not going to be able to compute what happened okay 
Y'all, I'm trying to keep this lighthearted and not make it sound like I'm coming down on everybody, but I'm just giving you some tips of what not to say. Like we, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. Okay. This is one that someone um, said to me and every once in a while, people say this to me um, out of the blue moon. You can have another child. Yeah, it's it's as insensitive as it sounds. You can have another child. You're still young. That is like the last thing a person who has just buried a child wants to hear you say. And I'm going to just leave it at that. Because if I can keep talking about this, I'm probably going to cuss on this here podcast. And I want to keep my um, podcast as clean as possible. But yeah, don't say that. Don't tell somebody they can have another child. How do you how do you know? How do you know? They could be dealing with infertility. They could have lost other children and this was, you know. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to pass on that. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. Here's one that really grinds my gears. Asking someone, "Aren't you over this yet?" Baby, if you ever want to see me pop off, tell, let me hear somebody who I know is grieving. Let me hear them be told that you should be over this. You do not have the right to tell somebody when they should stop grieving. And I want everybody to understand this. There is no time limit on grief. I still grieve for my mother who died in 1998. Mm -hmm. My daughter passed away in 2006. I saw a clip of uh, Steve from Blue's Clues and burst into tears. I took to the bed because grief hit me so hard. You know why? It wasn't because Steve's message was so nice and and kind. It was because my baby girl loved that show. And I thought of her and I missed her instantly and I lost it. 15 years, y'all. Grief has no time limit. So no, I'm not over it. Grief is not something that you get over. It's something that you learn to live through. Okay. And if you listen to this podcast a lot, you're going to hear me say that. If you follow me on social media, you're going to hear me say that. You're a client of mine, you're going to hear me say, don't let anybody tell you how long to grieve. I can show you how to grieve, but I can't tell you how long to grieve. Okay? We good. We're good on that. Okay, moving on. Moving on. This is the thing that kind of gets me too. Telling people to be strong. How are you going to tell somebody to be strong at their weakest moment? They have no strength. Yes, I said strength. I, I personally, when I'm having a grief moment, when I'm having a grief season, I don't want to be strong. I want to allow myself to feel what I feel and go through that process. And I thank God for my therapist because he gave me permission to be in what I was in at that moment. 
Because a lot of times, especially us women, a lot of times we are the strong ones. And we're expected to to always have it together. And baby girl, that's what's killing you on the inside. You're you're imploding on the inside because you're not allowing yourself to be weak. Allowing yourself to be weak to be weak is showing strength. So please stop telling people to be strong. And you may want to stop telling people to hang in there. You know, when people tell me to hang in there, I think about like actual hanging. I don't know. My brain just goes left sometimes. Y'all, if you listen to me for a while, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, what am I hanging on to in this moment? Yeah. Just, yeah. We're going to do better. We're going to do better. So... You're probably wondering, well, okay, Tracy, you have given us all the stuff not to say. And I would uh, I would love to hear from you all some of the crazy things that you have been told, you've heard, or maybe even said. Because like I said, I'm guilty of saying some of this stuff before. You know, this is one of those instances where I have learned and I have grown and I'm do I'm trying to do better. We're going to do better. All of us, okay? So you may be wondering, well, if I can't say this stuff, T, then what can I say? Like, what what can I say to show support? You know what? A lot of times just being silent helps. Yeah. You don't know what to say. Here we go. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But here we go. If you want to know what to say, say things like, I'm sorry for your loss. Bear with me as I go on a tangent for a second. It's loss, L-O-S-S, not lost, L-O-S-T. That drives me up the wall when I hear people say, I'm sorry for your lost. Or they type out, sorry for your lost. Child, L-O-S-S, lost. Okay, anyway, but say things like, <laughs> say things like, I'm sorry for your loss. You can say, I don't have the right words to say. Just know that I care. Now, if you don't really care, don't say that because people tell when you're lying. So just say, you know, I don't have the right words. But I want you to know that I care and I'm here for you. You can say things like, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to sit right here. And be whatever you need in this moment. Just being present personally for me. Those people that were just present. Are the ones who. Really helped me get through. My dark moments. Even now. There are people in my life when I go through my grief, excuse me, my grief seasons. There are people who, them just being present just lightens my heart. It brightens my spirit. Now, granted, we're 15 years in now. They, They pretty much know how to navigate with me through this journey. But even in the beginning, a lot of them have been with me from the beginning. Even in the beginning, them just being present meant more to me 
than anything in this world. Because it let me visually see that I wasn't alone on this journey. So if you don't know what to say, just be present. Be genuine. Be loving. Be kind. Remember, that person that's grieving is going to go through many stages of grief. One of them being anger. Listen to that person. Follow their lead. Step in if you see that they're going down a dark path. You'll know it when you see it. Just be there for them. Because that really does matter. So this is going to be a quick one, Chad, because you know I don't be before you long. I just want to help and share and give some tips, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do, because we're going to do better in 2021 and beyond. So coming up, we are coming up on our season finale. Can you believe season four is coming to an end? The reason being is because I have got to focus on getting this coaching experience together for you all what is this coaching experience i'm so glad you asked we are launching a coaching program for those who are grieving and in this program it is a six-month one-on-one coaching program where you and i walk together on your grief journey in this program i'm going to teach you about the stages of grief how to identify them how to disrupt the cycle, and we're going to cultivate and implement, create a plan for you for when you are going through your grief seasons. We're going to develop healthy ways for you grieving. And I'm super excited about it, and I cannot wait to launch. This has been a work in progress But we're almost at the finish line and I cannot wait to release it out to the public. Now, space is going to be limited because, again, we're going to be walking alongside you for six months and it's one on one. So we're not going to have many, many options available. So when you see that it's launched, jump on it because I'm only doing it twice a year. All right. So if you're interested in the coaching experience, Follow me on Instagram at Living My Empowered Life. Click the link in my bio. There's a tab that says work with me and you can get on the waiting list. For the waiting list, I will be sending out applications for you to apply. But the waiting list is for those who are actually interested. So, yes, you do have to apply because I want to make sure that you are ready for this journey because this does not play when it comes to seeing you win. Okay. If you are not sure if you're ready for a coaching experience, I have another link that you can sign up for at Living My Empowered Life on Instagram. You can sign up for a 20-minute complimentary breakthrough call where you and I discuss your needs as far as grieving and we can see if um, coaching is a right fit for you. All right, so those two options are available right now and you can always follow me on Instagram at Living My Empowered Life, Facebook at Living My Empowered Life and all the good shenanigans happen on both of those platforms, all right? So that's it for this week. We will be back next week with another episode. We got, uh, I think, two more to go. 
And uh, as always, we close out with prayer. And if you have prayer requests, please send those to hello at living my empowered life. All prayer requests are kept confidential. And my team and I definitely pray for each and every one of you. So let's us pray. Father God, mm, just thinking about how good you are brought a smile to my face, God. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, oh God. And I thank you, oh Father, for being the matchless, wonderful, gracious, loving, kind, merciful God that you are. I can go down an entire list in my vocabulary of how great you are and it still would not even come close to describing you because you are all that. (laughs) I stand in awe of you, oh God. I thank you for every little miracle upon miracle that we see each and every day, God. I thank you, Lord, for moving people, places and things out of our way that are hindrances to our healing. God, I pray that you would touch the person that is listening to this podcast, wherever their heart is hurting, God, I pray that you will heal them wherever their body is hurting. God, I pray that you will heal them. Send your divine healing right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your people see you in a way that they've never seen you before. Show up and show out in their lives, oh God, so they will look back and say only it was you, God, who did it. For God, you do all things well. And when we turn over our lives to you, God, we know that we are safe in your arms. God, I pray that no heart will be troubled. For those who are listening to this podcast, I pray that their minds be at ease and at peace. I pray, God, that their spirits will be overflowing with joy. Lord, whatever disruptive thing is in their lives, oh God, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Who, God, let your spirit just fall fresh on each and every one of us. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without us. Prepare us, oh God, for what you would have us to receive. For we are blessed going in and going out. And I thank you right now, God, that all things, all things are possible with you. Lord, store up every, um, store up every gift that is within your people. Help them to flourish miraculously, oh God. Put your stamp on them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, chick, that's it. I will see you next week. And remember always that God loves you. I love you. And it ain't nothing you can do about it, boo. Boop. Thanks for listening to The Charging Station with Tracy Massey. We hope you enjoyed the episode, but more importantly, we hope you'll take the next step and apply these tools in your own life. Please subscribe, share, and leave a review so others can find this podcast too. You definitely want to check out livingmyempoweredlife.com for free resources and all kinds of goodies, all to help you slay life without apology. Until next time, ready, set, live.